Welcome to Back in Shape podcast, episode number eight. Today we're gonna be talking all about the squat and how important it is and how often it can cause lower back pain and or sciatica or be a severe barrier to recovery. Now that might sound quite confusing, but we're going to dispel all of that through today's episode because let's face it, we know that the Back in Shape program features the squat very early on and that that spells fear a degree of anxiety among many, among many a back pain sufferer. You think, gosh, I can hardly get out of bed, I'm struggling to go to work, how on earth could I do a squat? It really does say, oh, well, maybe not for me right now. And hopefully by the end of this little journey, you're going to better understand the squat and its role in not only your back pain recovery, but also your general longevity for the long term, uh, quality of life, etc. So it should be really, really helpful for you guys. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, then there is a comment section underneath. You can get involved there. And if you're watching it on the website, there is also a comment section too as well. Not too much in the way of visual demonstration demonstrations today. So don't worry if you are listening only. So I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about just the squat and the way it develops, the way it's part of our life on a daily basis. And if we think right back to under one year old, we've all got family members or at least seen some small child out and about uh, doing this vital movement. It's one of the very first movements we do is learning to get up onto our feet and doing a squat is an essential part of that process. And then we go through with our incomplete joints, with our uh, cartilage structure, if you will, not fully formed into bone, with our muscles and tendons that are trying to figure out their place in the world under one year old, where they start to develop and they start to grow. And quite equally, the other end of life. So the squat is one of the last movements that we are going to use. I know it's a little bit morbid, but maybe you're in, in, in bed or you have a Zimmer frame, or you have a, you know, a nurse to help you get out of bed. You're still squatting then and you will squat everywhere in between from, 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 from that whole aspect of your life. It is a vital movement and we cannot escape that. And unfortunately, if we look at the way in which we squat throughout our life, it changes drastically and it changes drastically early on. Think back to that younger child example, able to easily pop down and stand up, pop down and stand up, sitting almost on their ankles, completely collapsing the knee, ankle, hip joints and playing with the toys on the floor. And, and the, the rate at which they pop up and down is something that makes many adults a bit queasy, thinking, gosh, if I did that, I'd either go lightheaded, my knees wouldn't work, my ankles would give out, my hip, my back. You know, you just look and think, gosh, how on earth has that happened? And then we start going to school. We're sat on these chairs. We're less going back down to the floor. And by the time you leave school or university or are in the workplace, you've lost the ability to do that. And, and I would argue that probably anyone over the age of 20 would scarcely be able to perform that level of squat. And there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't do. And the important thing to understand is that when we move our joints through that full range of motion, like we're doing when we're a small child, we are developing the cartilage. We're developing the ligaments, the capsules of those joints. We're developing the tendons, a sense of balance, the way in which the muscles work together, different muscles taking over the movement and the stability of the joints, the limbs, the back at different times. And we're developing fully. And as we stop doing that, the phrase use it or lose it becomes so true. And that development that we've got, even though maybe when we're younger, we don't have that much in the way of muscle mass, it's still growing, we're growing longer, taller, bigger. Our muscle mass necessarily isn't quite as visible as say, for example, a bodybuilder. We are still building that muscle tissue. And as soon as we stop going through those ranges of motion, 
the joint surfaces, the articular cartilage, stops getting that same level of stimulation from that full range of motion on a daily basis. The muscles stop working in those, 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 those ranges that they're not working in because we're not going down into those deep squats. We're not closing our ankles, knees, hips, etc. We're all guilty of this. And as we go through life, we start to gravitate to higher and higher chairs. We're looking for stools instead of low lounges. We're looking for dining table chairs instead of sofas. And all of a sudden we just decide, you know, it's easier for me to just stand up and perch on the kitchen counter than it is to actually sit down. We see people leaning on their knees and toppling themselves out to get out of a chair, not using their legs, but using a, a pendulum swing to move out, move out of that chair, get up and, and move on. And, and then as we get later on in life, we start using chairs that do the lifting up and tilting out for us. And they will just tip us and push us out of the chair and off you go. And all the while we are insidiously allowing, because it is a semi-conscious decision, but we are allowing ourselves to slowly degrade our ability to move and what happens here the muscles they get weaker they're not working as well and if the muscles are weaker they use because they use less they become stiff they become a little bit more rigid and we start to move those joints less and less and less and are able to move them less and less and less and then all of a sudden joint pain starts to come in discomfort, maybe some injuries, little accidents here and there, and we move less and less and less. And before you know it, that ability to get out of a chair simply is something that has been lost quite severely in terms of the, the, the ability to get out of a lower chair is really just not there anymore. And the challenge here is it's always easier to knock something down than it is to build something back up. And quite often, by the time we realize, gosh, I can't get out of any chairs, I can't even get out of the car, it's, it's, it, we've let ourselves go too far, so it's not just gonna be an easy thing to just pop back up in a couple of months. It's going to take us time to really start to build back up that strength. And that is something that you must bear in mind because that is going to feed into our lower back a little bit later on. Now, I started out this podcast by saying, you know, back, uh, squats causing back pain. And it's not that a good squat causes back pain, but many of you will know that your squat is causing your back pain because your squat is not good. The examples that I've mentioned about leaning onto the knees to get out of the chair, we're not using our muscles properly. Or the other example of as you go to lower yourself into a chair, you kind of bend the knees a bit, bend the hips a little bit, and then you deploy the parachute as you fall into the chair and hit the ground or hit the, hit the seat. Something that's not very good to do repeatedly and certainly not if we've got a lower back pain. Now before we get on to a little bit more about the squats themselves, specifically with relation to the back pain, just know this, that there's some research around falls and it's fairly obvious. We all know, we've seen a small child fall over and they get back up you know, a hundred times, many times, while they're, well, they're learning to walk. But the cost of a fall to us as we get older becomes dramatically increased. We all know family members that have fallen over, they're a little bit older, they've injured their hip and they're never the same again. Why is that? Because you fall over, you're hurt, you're injured, so you can't do activity. Then they can't do activity for an extended period of time. Maybe there's some operations or some casts or whatever involved, if there's been broken bones, and then they lose the ability to do things. So you fall further and further into these holes and, and you just see the change. Everyone will be able to relate to some either family member or, or friend who is a little bit older, who's had that fall and never been the same again. And one big thing when it comes to falls is the steadiness on the feet. Now, sure, there are other things. There's accidents, there's slips, etc. But if you lose your muscle mass 
your competence in your legs and the muscle mass and strength there is going to be in inextricably linked to the competence of your legs, you are increasing the likelihood of falls. And as we get older, this is not something we can afford to let happen, yet it does. As I've played out already in this podcast, it's something that all too easily starts to occur and starts to creep up on us without us really knowing what on earth is going on. So that's the, the main bit out of the way. Now let's look at sort of the squatting process itself because the squat is something that is so closely linked to lower back pain. And I would say for as a rough uh, finger in the air or estimation that both patients clinically and members when they join back in shape more recently, probably 95 to 99% of those people cannot squat correctly to any sort of parallel depth or close to it. When they're learning to do their squats, it's fantastic to see. And we've been doing squat week in our membership and seeing some of the members really pushing their squats, really working on great form. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but doing a deep squat through the full range of motion is something that many have lost before they injured their lower back. And what, what's more is that inability to squat when you then have back pain starts to create real barriers. The real barriers are when we want to, when we want to squat or get in and out of chairs, etc. when we have lower back pain, we want to try and keep our torso more upright. The main reason for that, even if we ignore the fact that we might be rounding our lower back, which is a problem in of itself, but if we keep a perfectly neutral spine, the more our torso pitches forwards, the greater the compression through the spine. So one of the early things you might do with your squats is you might try and keep yourself more upright, but you can't do a low squat keeping yourself upright if you don't have good hip flexibility, knee and ankle flexibility. And because the picture that I've played out so far as a loss of that hip, knee and ankle mobility is present, we can't do those sorts of things. So we're having to get our back involved more and more. And that back involvement in all of those activities that we're doing on a daily basis, those squatting activities, is something that forms a real limiter. And this kind of leads me to one of the biggest challenges mentally that I've had from a clinician standpoint, from an osteopath standpoint, seeing patients or even hearing about people reaching out, etc. And I'll preface this by saying we were talking to one of our members and this story doesn't apply to her, but her story is very interesting. She's doing the program, she's doing exercises, but she has an MRI lined up and the wait time is seven months. That's when the MRI is going to be. Now, just remember that seven month feature because the amount of times we'd hear from, from people saying, oh, um, I've got an appointment, let's say it's that MRI in seven months time. I'm not ready to do exercises. I, I need to wait until I find out what exactly is going wrong. Well, does that sound like a good idea? Knowing that we've lost muscular support, knowing that we've lost muscular strength, knowing that probably not squatting correctly, knowing that you probably don't know how to squat correctly, knowing that you're probably still gonna go through life Every single day, getting up off the toilet seat, getting out of bed, getting in and out of chairs, getting out of the car, sitting down after work, sitting at work, getting out of your desk, the list goes on. It's so frustrating because you know in your mind and you can't, you know, these sorts of conversations you can't have with the person and say, look, you're being really stupid here. It, there's just no scenario where this is a good idea to wait seven months and do quote unquote nothing because you're not doing nothing. You are doing all those things I mentioned with bad form. I challenge anyone watching this video who maybe thinks a little bit otherwise, let us know in the comments a scenario where an appointment has been geared up for seven months time and you think it's appropriate not to learn how to squat correctly. The range is one thing, you might even just be bending the knees, but not moving forwards with some amount of strengthening work and stability work is just not a sensible option. Because short of being put on a hospital bed, and said, you're not doing anything until we've done this procedure. That, that scenario happens 
when you've got an emergency appointment, but seven months away is not an emergency. And therefore it's, it's understood or implicit that by the fact that you've got the appointment seven months away, you're okay to carry on with daily life, but knowing that you're doing all these things wrong on a daily basis and willing to continue to do those things and allow muscular strength and stability to steadily decline more over those seven months creates a real challenge. And we see it with people that have had lower back pain for a long period of time. The longer it's gone on, the more bad habits have set in, the more it's, it's second nature to get out of that chair badly, to squat badly, the more we've lost muscle mass, the harder it is to rebuild it because we get to a point where we've lost so much muscle mass that we are not able to get out of a chair effectively. And I would argue, I've mentioned this, if, if for those of you that are watching on the website, you'll see a little bit further down in, in, in sort of the full article that you are disabled, you are less able as an individual. And we took some reference from the UK Disability, I think it was, and, and Equality Act, around about 2010 it was, and it said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing from memory here, so just forgive me if I get it slightly wrong, that, that the inability to perform daily activities having a severe effect on your quality of life. And, and what's more severe than not being able to get out of a chair on your own? You're hardly able if you can't get up off the floor without aid. So you are, by not doing exercises and allowing yourself to get weaker and weaker, you are moving yourself into that category. You're becoming less and less able. And that has serious consequences because once we've lost the muscular stability to do these things, we find that actually starting to learn again, there's nicks, there's tweaks, there's irritations of the knees, there's irritations of the ankles, the back feels a little bit funny because we're doing them so badly that in the process that is necessary of learning, there are gonna be flare-ups along the way as you start to learn to try and do that thing correctly. Just like, for example, a small child learning to walk for the very first time. They fall over tons of times. They fall over, they hurt their wrist a little bit, but they're so soft and squishy that they're not gonna be injured in any meaningful way, but they fail a number of times until they succeed. But when we're older, the failing to succeed requires even more support because sometimes not doing the squat right or not doing the movement right actually creates a little bit of irritation and you need to know that not doing it is not an answer because you will never learn to do it. And with something like a squat, hopefully by this point in the video and in the podcast, you're really understanding that this movement is a part of your daily life whether you want to do it or not. And it will never not be a part of your daily life if you want to be a person and not a tree. A tree can sit in one place and stay there, but if you want to move around and do stuff, then you are going to need to master this activity. So I know this podcast is kind of finished on a little bit of a rant, and hopefully you're someone watching this and you're already doing these. You're already working on getting this movement better. But it is so vital because that movement is part of everything you do on a daily basis. It's often a movement that is the real source of challenge for those trying to get better, trying to get their back in shape, trying to recover from back pain or sciatica. It has influences on the knee health, on your hip health, on your ankle health, on your cardiovascular health. Doing a large amount of squats is a cardiovascular exercise. It's gonna improve your cardiovascular system. And we did a whole podcast episode a little while ago on blood pressure improvements as a result of doing these sorts of exercises through back in shape. It has so many wide reaching activities and it's got a low barrier to entry. Every single person watching this video can do the squat. They can do it in some capacity, it's free, it's easy, and you don't even need any equipment to start. And I would suggest that those of you with more severe cases probably won't be able to use any equipment to begin with. You just need to work on getting out of a high chair effectively. As always, we do these podcasts to really help you guys. If it has been helpful or you've learned something, or maybe you've been challenged in some way and you're like, hey, I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that, Mike, then post in the comments below. Let us know what your thoughts are. And if you know someone else that's really struggling, that's maybe been putting off doing things, they're waiting for endless, they're going pillar to post, seeing this practitioner, that practitioner, that one, that one, that one, and they're doing nothing in the process or in the time frame. They're just going here, that opinion, then that opinion, then that opinion, then that scan, then that one, then that one. And they're not actually doing anything in the interim and months or even years have gone by. Then maybe send them this video and hopefully they will get a fresh perspective on what they could be doing whilst going through all of those additional investigations and those additional helps and points of contact. As again, if you do find this helpful, consider subscribing to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube or the podcast, whichever one you are watching us on, and give us a thumbs up if you did find it interesting. Until next time, have a great day.